Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Oh, welcome back to You're Not Alone podcast. I got Caleb here with me yes, again. <laughs> uh, this is take number three. We're still trying to figure this whole thing no, it's out. it's not. I number two. It's like number <laughs> nine. We just keep on messing around. I hit record. He's not ready. Oh. Well, I'm ready now. Yeah. Well, I judge you. Uh, no, wait. No, we're talking about judgment, so I can't, I can't be judgy today. I mean, you can be. I can be. But, you know, and it's always good thing things happen when you judge right that's that's Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. oh my bad i, I thought <laughs> I, judge before they judge you that's in the bible isn't it no it says do not judge unless you be oh. judged the same way oh i was thinking of do other do unto others before they do unto you that's in the bible no you're Mm-mm. shaking your head what you're just ruining all my favorite verses yeah i think you need to read the bible <laughs> I heard there's a Bible. I've heard that it's a good book. You know, the Old Testament. Is- mm-hmm. Love your neighbor. Yeah. As you're, yeah. Okay. I'm talking about judgment today. Yeah. And people are judging us right now going, why am I listening to this? It's okay. okay. <laughs> Let's face it. It's my mom and your mom. That's who's mm-hmm. listening. So, hi, mom. Hi, mom. We love you. <laughs> Wait, does your mom speak? Your mom speaks English, right? No, she doesn't. Oh, oh, you should probably say it in... In French, yeah, you should totally say it in French. She's not. She's never going to listen to this. <laughs> never say never. That's true. Oath and vows. Oaths and vows. <laughs> That's that plays into it. See? Yeah, we are doing good already, <laughs> man. This is fun. So, anyway, so let's yeah. jump into this. So, mm-hmm. is judging a good thing? Yeah, judging is a good thing, unless if it's not. Until it's not. And that's kind of the hard part is that it's good until it isn't. And yeah. so it's one of those things where you kind of have to look at it mm-hmm. in what context? Yeah, I, th- I think judgment can be perverted. Whoa. Because it's a good thing. Everything God created is a good thing. You know, a lot of times when I hear people, when I you start talking, like, well, don't judge me. Or mm-hmm. one of my favorite phrases, especially as a pastor, yeah. as a leader, was only God could judge me. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? What you're really saying is, is let me sin and mm-hmm. don't bother me. That's that's really what you're saying. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of the spirit of stupid because we're called to be in community. <laughs> the spirit of stupid. Yeah. yeah. The spirit of stupid. <laughs> what? You've never had the spirit of you've never had the spirit of stupid come upon you? No. I, well, I. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just being, yeah, I was just being stupid. Just wait till you get married and then you realize how often it happens because you have another person in your life to go, that was not good. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that was stupid. Yeah. Uh, of course, my <laughs> wife would never say that. She'll just, she'll, she'll give me hints like, yeah, you shouldn't have said mm-hmm. that and you should repent. Gosh. Oh, I'm always the one saying that though. What, telling other people to repent? Mm-hmm. No, not to repent. I'll just be like, eh, that was not necessary. <laughs> I know you said that. Yeah, a lot of yeah. times you're like the moral compass, which I love, especially for being a you know guy mm-hmm. 26 years old and mm-hmm. like just the, the just the maturity that you have and some of the things. Even like there's times when I can tell you, can roll, you, you roll your eyes at me and you're just like, that's... Uh. Like, then I try to pull the, the age card and then that doesn't necessarily work. I mean, I, I'm, I just... 
I don't roll my eyes. It's just think. <laughs> it just expresses It's like that an way. internal eye roll that happens. I, mm-hmm. it's, you may not do it, but I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Hey, you're judging me right now. I know. <laughs> you're judging me right now. <laughs> oh, but Matthew, Matthew mm-hmm. uh, 7.1 says, do not judge mm-hmm. or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged and with the measure you use it, It'll be measured back to you. Yeah. That's a heavy verse. It is a heavy verse. So if we take this strictly, and this is what we want to maybe kind of kind of dive into, mm-hmm. is that when we're looking at this verse, we cannot just take just this verse and just build a doctrine around it. Yeah. Because that is the spirit of stupid. That's how you. That's how cults are formed. That in the middle of a jungle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, then that's negative. Mm. So there are times when it's good when we are called to judge mm-hmm. because the Bible, you know, says that. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but there are times when it's bad. Mm-hmm. And so let's boil this down. So what's the best way to know when I should judge and when I shouldn't judge? I think the best way to know that is first you have to study your own motives behind it. Yeah. If I'm judging you for the sake of being right or from a prideful position, mm-hmm. then that's when you be, you start to pervert what actually you're supposed to do. Yeah, and I think that's where we really got to go back and really seek out our own motives mm-hmm. and really talk to the Holy Spirit about yeah. these things. Like when you start to feel that mm-hmm. kind of coming on, Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think the first question that you, you need to ask yourself is like, yeah, you can make that judgment and it could be right. Yeah. But by the same way that you judge others, you will now be judged. Exactly. And this is really where we open the door mm-hmm. to the to the enemy mm-hmm. to come in. Yeah. Especially when we judge and then we follow it up with an oath and a vow. Yeah. Especially then, yeah. You know, kind of an example of that is that, that you know, when you are, you see somebody, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing something that you're like, oh, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you see it happen and you could go, I don't feel like that's right. But as soon as you kind of come into that thing and go, I would never do that. Because yeah. the Bible says, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Mm-hmm. And anything else comes from the evil one. So that's it's basically saying, look, don't make oaths, don't make vows, don't say I'll never do that, because mm-hmm. the Lord holds you accountable to those oh, things. Yeah. And when you break those, mm-hmm. when you judge, then you make that oath. When you break that, the Lord actually holds that account. He holds you accountable for the sin of breaking that. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. trippy. Oh yeah. yeah. So let's step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's define what is what is judging, Caleb. Give me give me give me your very best definition. Best definition. Your best Google definition. No, give me your best best explanation of what is judging. Well, I'm going to seek help from Webster Dictionary anyway. Ah. (laughs) uh, The process uh, judging actually is the process of forming an opinion or an evaluation by discerning and comparing. So I think from this definition, we can conclude that judgment is actually good. When it is used properly. I think judgment is good. Okay, explain. However, However, we always use the perversion of it. Oh, explain that. So I am called, this is the gift of the Spirit. I'm called to discern and make judgment on, you know. People around me, people who invited me in. However, it comes a point where I can't cross. For example, I cannot judge someone's motive and heart. Yeah, that's when I use the perversion of judgment instead of using judgment. 
it was intended from the beginning yeah so judgment i think judgment is a good thing because everything got created is a good thing yeah there's always perversion of something uh, Mm -hmm. the good that got created yeah so when we're talking about people that there are people that are called to to judge Mm -hmm. um but it is very specific things that they are called to judge like if Mm -hmm. you're an intercessor like if you are a person who is called to pray over a city who Mm -hmm. is able to um again if you're releasing judgment over a city Mm. like we're talking like sodom and gomorrah judgment Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna say you're probably not hearing god's heart for a city Mm -hmm. you know if you're sitting there and you are a doomsday prophet over our nation saying turn or burn or god will smite you with his mighty smiter Mm -hmm. like if you were rooting for the destruction or the justice of of the wrath of the lord then your heart is probably not god's heart in this issue because god's heart is not for destruction but for repentance Mm -hmm. and for reconciliation exactly and you should be relieved and and rejoice when god doesn't come into a place Mm -hmm. and and apply his judgment yeah you know so there that's an example of where you know we've got to be careful Mm -hmm. of what we're doing Mm -hmm. so i think i think as christians i think we to some to some certain level we are called to judge okay and um but again, like I said, we're not called to venture into, okay, I'm, st- I'm st- starting to judge your heart. Because mm-hmm. no one knows someone's heart except God, yeah. you know? And however, we, expected to be, we are expected to be honest about, okay, what, what you do here is affecting people around you. you we're expected to be honest about our behavior, behaviors and everything. But I think in our culture today, we usually use the, this verse, judge not, or yet, oh, you'll be judged, as mm-hmm. a, as a way of tolerating certain behaviors that are not permitted in the Bible, that are not permitted for God, and um, I think that also can be a perversion of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, I think judgment is healthy generally only when you are in relationship with mm-hmm. somebody, and your heart is actually for them. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's going to be the distinction mm-hmm. is that if you have love and compassion and the Lord has placed you in a place of authority, um, and this isn't just as a pastor or a minister, um, it could be as simple as a boss or a friend, mm. but even then, again, you really have to use kind of the discernment of the Holy Spirit yeah. to know where to go. Like, you know, Caleb, you and I are pretty good friends, mm-hmm. but there's some areas that, you know, we haven't invited each other into, mm-hmm. you know, relationship yeah. is, is either still kind of new or mm-hmm. we're, we're tender in some areas. And or so we're growing into it. Yeah, we're growing into it, you know, and that's in, in just about anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's not necessarily free reign and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, that's something that just takes time, Yeah, you know, so you, you know, sometimes you sit there and you want, you want to slap somebody alongside the head because they're doing something differently than the way that you would do it Mm -hmm. but we got to be careful because you know you may not have been put in that position of authority to Mm -hmm. be able to say you know hey and there's lots of different things that happen that that kind of that change this idea of you know what we're called to do yeah so um and i think that's that's a way of like you're putting a standard on someone that you don't want to be held to 
Yeah. And that's very bad because you're expecting someone to be held in, in, to a certain standard, but you're not expecting yourself to be held to the same standard. Yeah, and so you got to be careful because there is a spiritual concept mm-hmm. here that I that I think we really have to be able to understand mm-hmm. is that when we judge, as soon as we do that, it's like almost like the enemy feels it, senses it. I don't know how mm-hmm. that part works, yeah. but then some of those same things that that person, like you're judging them. Um, it, it, they come and they they kind of come after you, and it's like that open door. Yeah, and that's what we've been talking about is that mm-hmm. those open doors for the enemy to come in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the enemy is just stopped and thwarted because you have victory over that. That's yeah. not an issue. But then there's other times. You know, I, I think of this this thing, and this happened back in the eighties mm-hmm. uh, before you were born. Yeah. Uh, there was this very very prominent minister. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, from a place I won't mention, um, <laughs> and uh, he had a very large TV ministry. Mm-hmm. He had a very large following, and uh, something had happened that there was a minister that he either felt threatened or it was kind of a rival minister, uh, and he had found out that he was having an affair, mm-hmm. um, and this other minister was a hundred percent guilty. And instead of doing what the Bible says, Matthew 18, that you first go to your brother mm-hmm. who is in sin and talk to them personally, mm-hmm. instead of doing that, he outed him publicly. Mm-hmm. And uh, then a few months later, this other minister who was trying to put his life back together and trying to figure all this stuff out, he started catching wind that this other very famous TV pastor mm-hmm. was actually uh, visiting prostitutes on the wrong side of town. <laughs> and uh, he actually confronted him in a hotel with a woman that was not his wife. So uh, the, the, other minister, the other minister who was confronted publicly yeah. went actually and confronted the other one privately yeah wow and he came back to him and said hey you need to clean this up and mm-hmm. if you don't clean this up this is going to be this mm-hmm. is this is going to go out and i'm going to get other people involved mm-hmm. and the minister at first was repentant and then came back and called him a liar and all this other stuff and so he was forced to go and to let the 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 denomination know mm-hmm. that he was a part of mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the media gets involved and hears about it. Next thing you know, he's being arrested for, you know, he's, he's he's not arrested, but he, he's put into the public limelight yeah. for not just having an affair, but having relations with prostitutes, prostitutes. Yeah, wow. multiple prostitutes and other prostitutes start coming mm-hmm. forward. And this huge thing, even on national television, he stands up and says, I've sinned mm-hmm. this and that. And then three or four months later, he's pulled over, has another prostitute in his car, and that's kind of the end of his effectiveness of ministry. Mm -hmm. And I go back and I look at that, and I'm going, okay, he judged this other person. He came out. Again, he never gave him a chance to Mm -hmm. repent. He never gave him a chance. He publicly came out against him. And those same sins, those same things that he was dealing with, all of a sudden pops up in his life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's one of those things. And this is kind of a bigger story, but yeah. you know, that's some of the things that happen. It's like when we start to judge others, when we start to do it improperly mm-hmm. and uh, go, go down this road, it's like, there are temptations. Mm-hmm. Like you don't understand the temptations that somebody else is going yeah. through. Mm-hmm. You don't understand those pressures. You don't understand yeah. the things that are happening. And if you go for a place of justice instead of a place of compassion, mm-hmm. be ready for others to 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 come after you yeah. in that way. Wow. And I think it's some it's something that we often forget that we're so ready to judge, but we never understand that. Um, I can't judge someone else until I've walked them out in their shoes. Oh, hundred percent. Like, you just don't know. And there's a lot of times, like, you know, when just even recently with us, you know, in our journey coming here, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that were said about us mm-hmm. that just flat were not true. Yeah. You know? And it's really sad how quickly and how much Christians love rumors. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean rumors. Um, <laughs> gossip. No, wait. Not gossip. Uh, prayer requests. That's it. All the above. We love. <laughs> we love. Oh yeah. man, we love prayer requests, mm-hmm. and especially you know when it's somebody else that that you know it's it's somebody else's prayer requests that mm-hmm. are being broadcast. You know we don't want our prayer requests broadcast, but yeah. we like somebody else's. And it's funny I've noticed too that we sometimes put a holy connotation to it when we clearly judge someone, and our reaction is like, "Oh, I'm going to pray for them." Yeah, but when in fact you're actually judging them, a hundred percent. You know, it's a hundred percent. You know, gossip and judgments, I think, just kind of run hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a hard thing is that, you know, it brings division into the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most heavy like there is judgment that, yeah. that when you judge, when you cause harm to the mm-hmm. body of Christ, when you cause division in the body of Christ, you know, there's things that happen. It's just it's scary. Mm-hmm the way that that just begins to spread and to go through. Yeah. And I mean, before we go any further, I think, and I've experienced that many times, especially in this environment, no pun intended. uh, A lot of people will come up with the bad use of judgment Mm -hmm. and they'll call it discernment. Yeah. And that's very, that really pains my heart every time they come to a conclusion about someone. Yeah. And they call, I'm just discerning it it's it's not yeah so what's what in your opinion what's the difference between discernment and judgment well discernment one is is again it's going to be the way that you react to it because Mm -hmm. you spiritually speaking like Mm -hmm. if you do have you know it's one of the gifts that's mentioned in the bible is the the gift of discernment Mm -hmm. like that that's not a switch that gets turned on and off like that's there the gifts of god are irrevocable yeah like it becomes judgment it depends on what your heart posture is to Mm -hmm. what you're feeling yeah again you talked about earlier that that if you don't love Mm -hmm. And you start trying to criticize, you try to start discerning things like that, mm-hmm. like it turns into suspicion real yeah. quick. And mm-hmm. suspicion is, again, it's motives. And so yeah. it's not just like I'm feeling picking up on something. You know, uh, one of the leaders in our environment was talking about discernment of how it's one of the ladies here. And mm-hmm. she's like, I could sense and feel this kind of perversion mm-hmm. over this one person and mm-hmm. then i was st- she was standing next to i think her son and her mm-hmm. son leans over and like i think he's really dealing with mm-hmm. pornography or something yeah. like that and instead of just going 
Yeah. How disgusting. What a pervert. We need to kick him out. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that, they're like, okay, let's take this to Holy Spirit. Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, what, what do you say about mm-hmm. this? And both of them, again, this isn't just one person. And yeah. so both of them independently felt like, oh, this isn't him. Mm-hmm. Like he's being bar- bom- bombarded yeah. with these attacks. Mm-hmm. And again, it's having compassion and love for the person and really thinking the best because going, okay, this is God's creation Mm -hmm. and this is who this person is. We're not going to accept this false perversion of what the enemy is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so they begin to pray and intercede and they actually talked to him later and she went up to him very, almost sheepishly Mm -hmm. going, how you doing? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to come out like, hey, yeah. are you thinking about porn right now? I mean, mm-hmm. that would be a really awkward conversation, mm-hmm. especially for a lady. Yeah. But she's just coming up and she says, hey, this might be wrong, mm-hmm. but I, you know, when, when I was standing by you, I was just starting to feel like like these these things and like, are you struggling? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've been struggling. Like, I haven't acted on it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been. It's like, and she goes, this is a spirit mm-hmm. and let's pray. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that whole judgment thing, like if she would have just went into judgment mode, mm-hmm. there would have been this lost opportunity for ministry and mm-hmm. to help set him free from yeah. this demonic thing that was mm-hmm. trying to, to come in. And that w- would have probably pushed him even further down into the rabbit hole. Because judgment o- almost always brings shame. Mm-hmm. Like this is, these are the tactics of the enemy. It's like, these are the yeah. open doors. It's like, the, like, you know, you feel this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times, and, and I, I don't even know how many times, but how many times have, have there, when the enemy has been attacking me, my thought life has gone to this point, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, somebody comes up with a judgmental word, mm-hmm. or you hear something. And then, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's wow. really when it gets very dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you begin to judge yourself in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, l- I actually looked at the, the definition of discernment and it said that discerning and judging well. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Because I think from there I can conclude that every discernment is a judgment, but not every judgment is a discernment. Yeah. And again, there's things that you will discern in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily yours to act on. Yeah. Is that you will take a third party and you are just called to pray. Mm -hmm. You're not called to storm the gates of hell. You're not called to jump up and give prophetic words. You're not called to deal with it. And that's really, and that's something that is harder for people that are newer Mm -hmm. to hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Just because God says it, it doesn't always mean that it's marching orders. Mm -hmm. And you got to know the difference and have the patience to stop and go, okay. Lord, you gave me this information. How do I handle it? Yeah. Wow. So good. Now, uh, you, you did mention that judgment um, do open doors to the demonic. Yeah. And uh, let's jump into that. Okay. How? Well, again, because it says by the same measure you've been judged, mm-hmm. you will be judged. Mm-hmm. And I think there's actually, this is a twofold judgment. Yeah. Is it one, it is by God. And I think that you can actually, by your judging, by you putting yourself, because when you judge somebody, you're really putting yourself into the place of God. Mm-hmm. And there's this one verse that I think, it's like, 
thou shall not have any other gods before me. I think it's a pretty significant yeah. one. I've read it once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Exodus 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the first. <laughs> it's it's up there, you know? Yeah. And um, so when you start putting your pl- yourself in the place of God, mm-hmm. God goes, okay, well, then that protection of grace and mercy that you enjoy mm-hmm. if you are not that, that you want to enjoy you want to be given the benefit of the doubt you yeah. want to stand in that place of of, of christ right mm-hmm. you want that mm-hmm. but when you start doing that to somebody else yeah it then that that protection i think lifts and the, the demonic does have access to your life mm. and to be able to bring those same sins and those same things And I've seen this happen over and over again. Um, Mm. I was a pastor in in another city, and it was was a a larger city. Um, And one of the pastors had come to me, and he says, hey, I really want to start a, like, pornography is rampant. Mm. We have adult shops here in town, and, you know, there's pornography everywhere and i want to start a group of pastors and men and we're going to go after this and we're going to break that over this city mm-hmm. he goes will you be one of them and i'm like uh let me pray about it mm-hmm. and let me see what the holy spirit is saying here and as i started to pray about it and i went to a couple of meetings mm-hmm. and it was really interesting is that there was like three different people that the lord kind of highlighted to me mm-hmm. at this in this meeting and the, the thing that that and I did not feel the Lord on it. Um, again, those are all things that are are horrible, evil things, mm-hmm. and I had declined to be a part of this this movement in town, yeah. not because it wasn't the right thing, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the right thing for for, for me. Yeah, it wasn't what the Lord was calling me to do. It's like I had. <laughs> there's only so many irons you could have in the fire, mm-hmm. uh, and so I just kind of stood back and I watched. Mm. Um. And one of the guys that was there, again, the Lord kind of highlighted to me, um, six months after they started doing this crusade, he was arrested on child pornography charges. Wow. And I'm like, ooh, okay, that's that's pretty serious. Wow. And then the leader actually um, was arrested for, uh, um, we'll say, the, the, a similar thing. Whoa. Um, videoing a teenage girl. And uh, I kind of go back and I look at that. And because of this hard stance that they were taking, it's like, hey, let's draw our swords. Let's run into this headlong Mm -hmm. and let's get all the perverts out of town. Mm. And then to see things start to happen like that, I have to step back and go, you know what? I don't think that was done with the heart of the Lord. Mm And again, I, I've been in the position where I've had people that have are pedophiles, mm-hmm. and they would want to come to to my church. Wow. And that was it's a hard thing to understand, but it's still a people group that needs compassion because they are dealing with sin, they're dealing with demonic, mm-hmm. they're dealing with all these things, and you can't just lump them in and say let's just kill them all because they are still God's children. Now they've done despicable things; mm-hmm. they deserve to be in jail, they deserve a penalty and a punishment. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm not the judge. Wow. I'm not the executioner. Mm-hmm. I'm called in a place to love and to rehabilitate. Wow. And, you know, in those moments, it's hard because those, to me, those are some of the hardest people to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, 
what they went through that has placed them in that place. I'm like, I I still need to have compassion. I don't understand it. But also, I don't want to be judged in that way. Yeah. Wow. You know, again, how do you want to be treated? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be treated with compassion and love in your darkest place? And for me, it was a yes. Uh, I remember I was reading the story in this book. Um, This guy who's a seer in the spirit. Uh, he who was in ministry school and doing missions, they went to, I think, a church and they were doing ministry booths. You know, when people come and they minister to them, and she was sitting with this lady who was divorced because her husband had uh, a porn addiction and was unfaithful to her and everything. So she had kept the bitterness of that. And then one guy yeah. who came to who came to the to to them for ministry. Uh, was just vulnerable and honest and said, hey, I'm dealing with this. Um, I'm dealing with that. I've been unfaithful to my wife and I'm dealing with porn. And immediately the lady started judging the guy. Mm. And the guy who sees in the spirit, already, the moment she started judging, saw the the demonic being attached to the woman. Yeah. And and he was, brand, he was a brand new... Uh, a guy who's who's like learning how to mm-hmm. see in the spirit with the Holy Spirit and everything, and he saw the scene play out in front of him, and he was like, "Whoa, you know," and that I think that made me realize as well because I had the same problem too, where because I I had problem with men, especially men in authority, men mm-hmm. in you know in position of authority and all that, where everywhere I go, I remember I, I remember doing that a lot, especially in college. Everywhere I go, I'll see a man and I'll say, "Hey." This guy is a playboy. He probably watched Born Last Night. He probably did that. Mm-hmm. He probably did that. And I will always attach um, sexual perversion and sexual immorality to men. Yeah. But the thing is, I was opening door to myself mm-hmm. for that. And I dealt with a lot of that. I would dealt with a lot of sexual immorality and sexual perversion. Yeah. Even my, at night, I will be attacked demonically. I'll have sex dreams and everything. That was due to the fact that every time I saw someone, instead of seeing them the way God sees them, I already project yeah. bad judgment on them, and that opened door to me. Yeah. Yeah, because you're trying to judge their heart. You're mm-hmm. trying to judge these different things. And these are extreme examples of this, but it's yeah. very true. You know, and this is something that I have saw in, mm-hmm. in counseling, you know, we'll stay kind of with this theme, yeah. is that, you know, people that have problems with lust or people that have hurt other people... Mm-hmm. Um, people who have been ar- arrested for pedophilia, things mm-hmm. like that, that um, molestation, generally those people have been, I mean, high, high percentage rate, mm-hmm. have been hurt and abused themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it comes back to that oath factor, like yeah. saying, I will never do that. Mm-hmm. I will never act that way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have all this demonic stuff being thrown at you. Yeah. Again, there's not these hard fast rules like if yeah. this if you do A, B will happen mm-hmm. and C is the outcome. Like yeah. we're always looking for this linear thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. Um, but let's just let's just kind of let's just be honest and say do I really want more demonic influence in my life? I don't think, I don't think anyone wants no. that. <laughs> The answer is always yeah. no, mm-hmm. and I think that's where you need to step back and go, man, I, we got to be so careful with yeah. this, because there are times, and let's talk about that, there mm-hmm. are times that are appropriate to judge, mm-hmm. you know, but again, it's like, because the, the Bible um, talks about uh, 
you're, you're, you're like a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, in, like, do not judge another man's servant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is actually something that's biblical. It's like, if there are people that in your in your sphere of influence, yeah. like, yes, you need to talk to them. You mm-hmm. need to, to judge them. You need to walk them through these things. Yeah. But if they're not your servant, don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you step back and go, hey, you know. Yeah. And always make sure you expect that uh, you expect and think the best of people because mm-hmm. we, we can be like oh i'm not judging outwardly but actually internally what you're doing is just expecting the uh, uh expecting the worst out of people yeah. instead of seeing them the way god sees them yeah 100 percent. and it, it's it's again it's like is your heart for them mm-hmm. is it like you know like even think about it with kids like mm-hmm. do you want your kids judged do you mm-hmm. want them to sit there and go oh or another parent to come in and say mm-hmm. oh what you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. you know because let's be honest there are some things even culturally yeah that that you know that it, in one culture, something is wrong. In another culture, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to me is interesting. Like, you know, like here in in the Western Church in America, it's like we we judge people way they dress and way they look. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that that shirt is too tight. That 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 or that shirt is too short or the mm-hmm. pants or or whatever. You know, because in our culture, but if then there's people who go to this other extreme yeah. where they wear women will wear long dresses mm. and oversized clothes and stuff like that because they, they're not wanting to, to be sinful. Mm-hmm. But then you go to the other extreme and you go to South America to some of these tribes where mm-hmm. everybody runs around topless. Mm-hmm. It's like in that culture, is it sinful to be topless? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's us that has either sexualized things mm-hmm. or put things together. Again, I'm not saying like, okay, my, I got three daughters. Mm-hmm. Before we go to church, we do the praise the Lord check. You know what the praise the Lord check oh, is? Yeah, I do. yeah, lift your hands, mm-hmm. turn it around. If I, see, if I see your tummy hanging out, the yeah. dress comes up, you're changing. And so, you know, we have standards. That's the standards that we've mm-hmm. set. But again, that's standards that we have set mm-hmm. you know there's this one time when um one of the churches i came into i'm brand new in the church mm-hmm. and the worship team is practicing and i just happened to kind of i was walking through and just seeing what was going on mm-hmm. and there was three guys in the back it's in there and they were talking and they're kind of rough you know kind of horsing around yeah. and the worship leader got mad mm-hmm. and literally rebuked them from the microphone and you know and like uh, I don't remember, you know, he just kind of comes off, and I remember going, "Ooh, shoot!" And I remember I walked up to him, and he's one of my best friends yeah. to this day. And uh, Rob, if you're listening, I yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and uh, I go, Rob, what happened, man? He goes, "They were just causing a distraction, and I'm not going to put up with that." Hmm. I said, "Are they Christians?" I don't know. And they came with the kid that they came with was playing on the worship team. I could almost guarantee you, I'm not even sure if the kid on the worship team, but you know, mm-hmm. he was brand new to the church, just wow. getting his life right. He's yeah. bringing his buddies. And I just said, Rob, man, you, you gotta, you gotta catch a fish before you clean it up. Mm-hmm. And we really gotta remember that. It's like we've really got to be careful that we're not all of a sudden putting our societal, Christian societal norms onto them too early, too fast. Mm-hmm. 
is like if you have a like as a parent if you have like a wayward child they're on drugs and everything else and they mm-hmm. show up dressed inappropriately appropriately but they show up to church mm. are you going to tell them that hey you can't be here until you go put the right clothes on wow. i don't care if my kid passes a praise of lord test or not mm-hmm. if they're away from the lord i'm not going to hold them to those same yeah. standards yeah and they're wow. like well god's standards are are eternal yeah yes and no <laughs> again I, I understand the whole thought, yeah. but there's also this thing called grace and mercy. Wow. Huh. And we've got to be able to walk that out. Exactly. Well, now let's, let's move into vows and oaths. Okay, let's do that. And I'm, I'm still going to ask you, <laughs> why is it bad, vows and oaths? And I'm pretty sure you haven't personal experience with it. <laughs> no, I've never made an oath or a vow. <laughs> I am perfect. Mm. Uh, you know, that's one of those things. And I think this is part of even where generational curses happen. Mm-hmm. Like when you become a parent, you see things that your parents do. Oh yeah. And I think when you're younger, you're like, I will never do that with my kids. I will never treat them that way. I will never. And we get into all these other things and all of a sudden you have kids mm. and like, like as a youth pastor, I was a parenting expert. Until I had kids. <laughs> it's like that was the end of my parenting expert days mm-hmm. was as soon as I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm going, oh, this is why they did that. Yeah. Or when you start seeing some of those things that you know, like, you know, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad and growing up. And, you know, one of the things is that, that he just would like shut down. He would not communicate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I will never do that. I will always communicate. I will always do that. Mm. And then I went through a season of really, really hard things. And guess what my go-to was? Wow. To shut down. To shut down. To not communicate. Mm. And thank God that I have three of the most amazing daughters and the most amazing wife. Mm-hmm. I mean... On the planet, some of these you're, you're sitting here thinking, "No, I have the most amazing in life." You are wrong. <laughs> My wife and kids are way. No. <laughs> that's relative, but that's I, rel- can, I can testify <laughs> that Jamie's pretty, pretty amazing, mm-hmm. pretty amazing, and pretty. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, they would call me on my BS. <laughs> They're like, you're shutting down. Like, mm. shut up. Um, and there was times where I had to go, literally go back and go, Lord, I, I need to repent. Mm. Wow. Because it's easy to walk with the Lord when the sun is out, everything is going right, and this the birds are singing. But it's a whole different story when the, the crap hits the fan mm. and your life just implodes through really no fault of your own yeah Yeah. or actually a whole lot of faults of your own but not the way that everybody thinks Mm -hmm. (laughs) um wow and when you are pushed and when there are things Mm -hmm. and that's where i really am careful these Mm -hmm. days to not go oh i would never do that Mm -hmm. you know even as a young pastor you know as a youth pastor i'm like oh i will never treat I would never treat my youth better. I'd never do this. I'd mm-hmm. never do that. And then all of a sudden I get into situations. I'm like, man, now that I've walked in their shoes and now that I've been put in this place, I see why they do what they do. Wow. And uh, when you make that oath, 
you are now required to fulfill it. Yeah. Even if it's the spirit of stupid that has caused it, you are, you. you are required to fulfill it unless. Okay. And this is the big unless. Because some of you are going, I've done that. What do I mm-hmm. do? Uh, it's real easy. Repent. Yeah. And, you know, this is a true repentance. Mm. This isn't like, oh, I'm sorry. I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, like, this is, a, oh, crap. Mm. <laughs> Lord, I blew it. I am sorry. And I'm not going to blow it again. Wow. I remember uh, I I was one who made <laughs> a vow. Because uh, growing up with my dad, I used to always say, I will never be like this man. I will never yeah. be like him. I will never do what he does. I would never do that. And then I remember one time, that was that time is still fresh in my mind. I remember one time, my brother and I, so we're, I mean, now I've, I've disciplined myself to not be as loud, but my family were pretty loud. <laughs> and when we converse between siblings, it's like it's full of passion and you know, volume. And then I was talking to my brother one time and uh, we were just being very loud, but it's not like we were fighting at all. We were just talking. And then my brother's friend was like, why are you guys always screaming? You know? And then my sister turns to me and says, yeah, you guys are screaming just like dad. Mm. And I remember I was like, ouch, that hurts. The one man I vow not never to be like. Yeah. is the same person I'm acting like. Yeah, and it wasn't until first year, last year when I don't know I don't know how, what we were doing, but we we just went after some we just went after something doing RG, <clears throat> and uh, the Lord took me into the, in this vision of how I was demonically wearing, like my I was demonically choosing to wear, yeah, the judgment, and I remember the Lord asking me, you know, you can let go and just come to me, yeah. And I, in the vision, like I'm seeing the vision of how he's like removing the garment of judgment that I was wearing against mm-hmm. my dad. And the Lord says, just come to me. Come to me mm-hmm. and I will give you the grace to be who I called you to be. You know, and that's the very dangerous part about uh, vows. It's like we take upon the burden of, you know, carrying out what we want to be. Like we take upon the, oh, it, this is up to me now. I have the power. I have the grace to fulfill this. Mm-hmm. But when, in fact, when the right circumstances come, and <laughs> that grace will not sustain you at all, you know, it, only God can help you. You know, and God, when God helps you, he doesn't do it from a place of judgment. He does it from a place of empowerment and revealing your, revealing to you, hey, this is who you are, and I'm empowering you to be who you are. Yeah, you know, it's it, it doesn't do it from a place of oh, this is who. You shouldn't be, and I'm empower you not to be like the person you shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, so it's very, very dangerous when you make vows yeah. and oaths. Mm-hmm. I think this is, and it kind of it kind of goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Is that you know when we hold those sins, like we are judging other people's sins mm-hmm. to be to be something that is worthy of judgment and the justice needs to be brought on to that. Yeah, and I think one of the 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 most like to me, this is, and it's one of these verses that people kind of read and they go, huh, what does that mean? And they just keep on going. Mm-hmm. But in John 20, 23, it says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. 
And this is like one of those verses where like, yeah, you kind of like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. This, this is how I think it ties in, mm-hmm. is that when you release somebody for the sins, like if you, like something has happened, like you forgive them, like you no longer judge that to mm-hmm. be something like you're saying, I'm letting this go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to hold it against them anymore. I believe that what happens is is that with that sin, I'm not talking about all the sins in Mm -hmm. their lives, but because that when we when we step outside of the will of God, when we step out, we hurt other Mm -hmm. people. There is a judgment that comes from God, Mm -hmm. and I feel like what happens is is that when we release somebody, it gives it gives permission to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to be able to come into that person's life. And to begin to to draw them into an encounter, that draw them into his love, mm-hmm. that draws them into these places. When we release that, yeah. when we l- release ourselves as that judge, yeah. as that jury saying that is wrong, mm-hmm. but to go, you know what? I release it. Mm-hmm. And I release the power of, of, of the Lord to come into this. Wow. You know, and I think that's something that we have to focus on, mm-hmm. is that if you continue to keep yourself in that place of judgment, not only does it hurt you because now you're being judged, but also I think it keeps the other person bound. Mm-hmm. Again, is it enough to get them to change their mind of their sin? Not mm-hmm. my problem. Yeah, that is between Holy Spirit and, and them. them. Yeah. yeah, and that's where we just have to step back. But you know what? If I could partner with the Holy Spirit just by my forgiveness and releasing mm-hmm. of things, let's do it. Yeah, why not? Now, I kind of want to hear a story when you had to deal with the Lord revealing to you, hey, this vows that you made here, it's it's like a cancer that's affecting you, slowly dying, slowly killing you. So this one is kind of, and I, get, I guess a little bit of background on me is that I, I grew up um, living in, in rural Montana mm-hmm. um, where there was not a single black person that went to my grade school. Mm-hmm. And when I got to high school, high school of about 12, 1,300 people, I think there may have been less than, there's definitely less than 10, maybe only five or six African Americans in our entire school, and maybe that many of um, people Latino. Mm-hmm. So this was not a melting pot that uh, even like Reading is like, you'd be surprised that Reading and because of Bethel's mm-hmm. and uh, their influence on the world, it's definitely a whole different, yeah. different atmosphere. And uh, so this little Montana boy moves to the South and my family kind of had this motto and this will kind of give you a little bit of insight on me is that uh, it, it, they, my stepdad, used to say, well, being a little bit dishonest keeps us honest. Hmm. And it wouldn't be anything from, for them to shoplift or steal little things or, you know, you know, doing a little bit of drugs keeps me from being a druggie. <laughs> well, there's another one was being a little bit racist keeps me from being racist. And again, I, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying the Lord has had me on a journey. Yeah. And so I find myself living in the South. We lived mm-hmm. in Tennessee where we went from having 0.002. Like mm-hmm. I lived in a town in Montana that had absolutely no minorities mm-hmm. whatsoever. No black, no Hispanic, no Asian, nothing. Mm-hmm. 
And so I go from that to living in in place where we're at in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And God, in His ultimate sense of humor, sends me these two African American kids into my youth group. Of course, and the best ones. I, oh, it was <laughs> like these two kids were amazing. Yeah, I mean, amazing, great leaders, solid, good, getting to know Jesus, loving Jesus, and and it was just a. And they started inviting friends, and the next thing I know, as a youth pastor. I am in like like me and like the five other white kids. We are in the minority, <laughs> and I actually had pulled one of our one of the guys I become friends with. Mm-hmm. I pulled him in my office, and I like I could trust him. Mm-hmm. And he was an African American gentleman. And I said, uh, I'll call him Bob. I'm mm-hmm. like Bob. Dude, I'm so white. And you and I have had this conversation before, (laughs) too. I'm Uh like, I want to know about your culture, but dude, I am the whitest dude you will meet. I'm Mm -hmm. like, like, if I ever say anything, I'm like, I want you to help me. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, you've said some stupid things. (laughs) I'm like, what? I'm sorry. And he he loved me through it, just like you and I. We've had conversations, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And so... But the first time I've ever seen any type of racism Mm -hmm. ever in my life uh, was when we were at this big mall in Tennessee, and we walked into this high-end Bose store, Mm -hmm. and um, these guys are with me, and I watched the posture of the guy behind the counter, and there's a group of probably five or six of us that went in. Mm -hmm. There was myself, three of these African-Americans, and then three of these other kids that were white came in, and... I I saw the posture of him is that the guy was shadowing and following around these three black students. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching it going, you idiot. <laughs> if anybody was going to steal, it's these other three kids. Yeah. And I remember just really kind of being mad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> and the Lord goes, oh, time out. I'm like... Oh, You're making an oath. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> and he goes, no, you've done that. Wow. It just wasn't with black folk. Mm. It was with Native Americans. Wow. And I'm like, I'm a racist and I didn't know it. And the Lord's like, oh, hold on. Like, That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be careful by you judging him mm. and looking at that because you have done some of those same things. And if you want the Lord to really purify your heart, you need to admit that, yeah, you've held some, Mm -hmm. you've held some prejudices. You've held some preconceived notions in your life. Wow. And, you know, it's just the Lord is so gentle when you are vulnerable, when you're honest and you're saying, Lord, I blew it, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Like I said, I I, I, I kind of describe myself to people as kind of a complex redneck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to learn. I want to know yeah. about these other cultures and communities and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's having that grace. But on the flip side, I have to have that grace. Yeah. You know, you want to. You want the ultimate. You know, just shows you how funny God is. Mm-hmm. I'm from Montana. Ooh. Montanans do not like Californians. No. We don't like <laughs> California. We don't like the politics. We don't like the state. And mm-hmm. we, I always had this thing, like, if there was ever a really good earthquake and this whole, you know, country, or, uh, uh, state could just slip in the ocean, 
Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> like good riddance. Good riddance. <laughs> and then what does yeah. the Lord do? He brings you to California. He goes, I would really like you Funny, to right? go to California. Wow. And so then I walk around here the entire time repenting of my judgments going, yeah, these people need Jesus too. Or you know what? This actually is one of the most gorgeous states I've ever been to. That's actually, <laughs> this is funny because I remember when the Lord asked me to move to Reading. I was like, nope, I hate California. I'm not moving there. <laughs> nope. and the Even Lord the guy like, from the Congo hates mm-hmm. California. I, I came in once here in 20, <laughs> 2017 and I hated it. I was like, I don't like California. I don't like the sun here. Oh, and the Lord is like, Haha, you move in California. <laughs> okay, I'm still trying to adjust to the Reading summers of 115. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, yeah. So, careful what you, yeah, because by the by <laughs> by the measure you judge, <laughs> you will, will be, be judged. judged. <laughs> so it doesn't always go in the form of demonic things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Lord goes, okay. I was like, all right, watch me. <laughs> you need to see what you're missing. You mm. need to understand what it is, you know, wow. and there's a cost to that. So as we're, we're wrapping this up, you know, I think we have a couple takeaways um, from this that we really want to nail in. I think my, like what's on my heart when it comes to, to judging is that we have got to do it with the right heart mm. and we've got to use the Holy Spirit to really bring that in and to, to know. And my take on it is that judgment is good. That's my conclusion of it. Judgment is good. And the Bible says that God exercises judgment on earth, which means that it, it is good. It just There's a wrong connotation that we've attached to judgment because of the perversion of what judgment yeah. is being, out how judgment is being exercised on earth today. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that, you know, the enemy doesn't come in mm-hmm. with with uh, his own ideas, that yeah. he really is. He's not a creator. He's a perverter. Mm-hmm. And he perverts what the Lord has called good. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's how we look at it, how we exercise it. Well, as we're closing today, we just want to say thank you for listening and thank you for supporting our podcast. Please make sure you're sharing it with your friends and uh, getting the word out. Just want to say thank you. Have a great day. And do not judge. And do not judge. (laughs) And don't judge us for bad endings. That's it. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.